everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Heart Podcast. It's James Rudd here, the digital media editor here at Heart. Today, we're talking all about social media, and we're joined by Dr. Pervi Parwani from Loma Linda in California, and we talk about her paper, which is called Using Social Media for Cardiovascular Education. We talk about the various platforms of social media that are available to cardiologists, benefits and risks, and have a really good discussion all about the use of social media and how it's changed cardiology education, I think for the better. I hope you enjoy the show. So if you were able to start off by introducing yourself for the heart audience, uh, what's your name? Where do you work and what do you do there? My name is uh, Pervi Parvani. I'm a cardiologist and multimodality imager at Loma Linda University Health in Loma Linda, California, United States. Um, so I'm an imaging cardiologist with a clinical passion for uh, women's cardiovascular health. And uh, that's what I do here. Brilliant. And thank you so much, Dr. Parwani, for joining me today. I know it's a busy day for you, but I really wanted you to come on the podcast and talk about a cardiology in focus paper that you've written, which is called Using Social Media for Cardiovascular Education. I think this is going to have a broad interest to, to most of our readers and listeners. But perhaps I can ask you, first of all, to talk about what prompted you to write this paper. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Rudd, first of all, for inviting me to the podcast. Um, so I think if we look at the growth of social media, particularly in the cardiovascular medical space, um, I think you'd probably agree with me that it has been revolutionary. So um, we use social media for various purposes, particularly in cardiology, uh, with networking, uh, you know, dissemination of scientific research. But I think we all agree that it's the education that has brought the real value to social media um, in cardiology space. So I have given many talks on this topic. So I kind of had an idea of how to structure this paper. And there was some uh, interest uh, in the Heart editorial team about this topic particularly. Um, and I have a very enthusiastic medical student, Dr. Christina Mansour, who is the first uh, author on this paper. She's also the first year uh, medical resident now uh, in Southern California, but she was very excited to write about this once I told her about the structure. So here we are with the paper. Fantastic. And, and can you describe uh, which social media platforms are available, maybe for somebody who's been living on another planet for the last 20 years? Which ones do you sort of talk about most in this paper? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting case uh, question. Um, I feel like everyone on earth is very well aware of social media, but if I would have to describe it to someone living on another planet, um, I feel like as humans living in a society or community, we all have realized over time, over evolution, that communication is crucial for our existence, our growth. Um, that's how we communicate uh, you know, with other members of the society. It facilitates the exchange of the information. It facilitates the exchange of the knowledge. Uh, it builds the relationship with others. And I think that social media is just another form of communication, perhaps in a different dimension um, that we call internet, uh, which is completely dependent on um, information. So I think by using social media platforms, um, 
uh, on internet, we all connect, we have conversation uh, with strangers about a common theme, express our ideas, uh, we are creating and sharing our content. Now, I think your second question was what uh, social media platforms are out there that we describe in the paper. Mm. Um, so there are uh, different social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, and every platform kind of has its uh, uniqueness. So as you probably know, Facebook has the most uh, users worldwide, 2.5 billion um, and uh, there the communication is, I, I personally think it's more personal blogging. Um, and we can, of course, share images and videos on Facebook. Instagram was created as a, as a photo sharing application. Um, but more recently, I'm sure your uh, listeners must have seen the application of Reels, which are the videos that are made short videos with music that are made on Instagram. Um, similarly, TikTok is a platform for videos and uh, Twitter is a platform for microblogging interface. So this is where we can express ourselves in 280 characters, um, you know, write the messages. Of course, we can uh, embed images and uh, videos in the tweet. Uh, now, I feel like with cardiology, it's probably only Twitter where the community has come together, where you, uh, you know, have a unique chance to be visible within the international cardiovascular community. Facebook definitely has um, many cardiology groups that I personally am part of. My personal favorite one is Women in Cardiology uh, mm -hmm. group, where we discuss various issues uh, that are related to um, women in cardiology, just existent in cardiology as a woman um, and uh, various challenges that come up um, because of, uh, you know, less percentage of women in cardiology. I definitely have seen uh, many influential influencers on Instagram, but mm -hmm. this is kind of spread apart when it comes to cardiology. Um, there are definitely some cardiology users that are out there on Instagram and also on TikTok. Some of the emergency room providers, they're doing a fantastic job of teaching EKGs to medical students, uh, putting in it a very uh, you know, dynamic form um, to that younger generation where they can kind of digest it very easily. So I think that educational offerings are kind of all over um, if we look at all these platforms. But if we look at the community um, and, you know, access to the experts and stuff, in my opinion, it's truly Twitter where we all have come together and we exchange ideas, uh, you know, from top to bottom. Yeah, I think I would agree with you in terms of Twitter being the the leading social media platform. And I guess we should also mention YouTube, whether you describe it as a social media platform, I'm not too sure, but certainly there are some uh, very useful cardiology and uh, surgery and the whole of medicine resources that I've come across there um, as well. But let's get back to the topic. Shall we talk about the uses of social media in education in cardiology? Uh, one of the things you mentioned first is something called asynchronous education and real-time communication. Could you talk a little bit about that and why asynchronous education is useful or important? Yeah, definitely. Um, so like we described in the paper, I feel like the main uh, advantage of social media in the educational space 
uh, lies in the fact that the education offered on social media can be asynchronous. So what does asynchronous education mean? Um, basically, that's the education that is not offered in the same space, same time. So it's not classroom education where everyone has to sit together and a professor has to lecture in the classroom. Uh, some students may not be feeling good about learning that day uh, and they may not pay attention. So what we have seen is if we look at the retention rate, the traditional classroom teaching may not have that much retention uh, rate uh, when we look at the literature um, you know, in the educational space. So asynchronous education in simple words is basically um, you can learn on your own when you have time. Um, we're all fighting for the time um, in the jobs that we have as cardiologists. So um, asynchronous education um, that is offered on these various social media platforms, and pardon me, I forgot YouTube, but you're definitely right, many educational videos there, but asynchronous education uh, allows us to get access to this uh, educational material that is published on social media or on um, other tools like you know, podcast or videos at our convenient time and uh, particularly discover it at our own pace because everyone has a different learning curve. Um, and I think that um, the retention of knowledge is also better. We all know from practice that it's actually better when there is a group discussion or by teaching others. Um, and that, uh, that again has been shown uh, you know, in research that uh, by teaching others, we learn a lot. Or if there is an active discussion on a group, uh, we learn uh, via that discussion. So if we look at social media platforms like Twitter, uh, I'm sure you have seen many threads where there is a really meaningful interaction between the you know, the educator and the person who has created uh, that content or um, even the experts who can um, comment on the content um, in a very asynchronous manner because there's not uh, no time limit uh, to this content. Um, and anytime there is a comment made, kind of the content pops in the uh, back on the top. Uh, so this is, in my opinion, the real value um, that there is, uh, you know, this clarification of concepts in the real world. And this can happen, um, you know, even if you are sitting in a village um, in, um, you know, India or Pakistan and you have a question and which is fascinating enough for on the other side of the world for someone to dig in and answer you. So I always uh, say this in my talks that World Wide Web is now our uh, blackboard and we really can impart knowledge in a very dynamic environment online. Uh, we can facilitate this complex case discussions um, in line with what is out there uh, as far as the literature is concerned and what are the best practices um, through the guidelines. So, yeah. and we all know that the real value of this we saw was during, um, you know, the COVID pandemic where um, various uh, people, uh, various doctors across the world um, decided to share what they were learning about the infection across the globe. Absolutely. And you nicely mentioned that in your paper. And uh, So let me just summarize a few of the other things that you, you mentioned in case you want to pick up and expand on them. So 
as you've already said, platforms like Twitter allow direct contact with experts, so kind of flattening of the hierarchy. You've also mentioned you can follow uh, conferences and have case discussions, threads and uh, tutorials, and also the rapid dissemination of information versus the sometimes very slow dissemination using journals and things. Do you want to um, expand on any of these uh, that you think are particularly interesting and useful in the education space? So I feel like, you know, it really depends on where exactly you go. You have all these different tools available to you and what exactly you do with tools. It really depends on your goal, whether you are coming to social media as a learner or you are there to brand yourself as an educator. Um, And, you know, Absolutely. If you are a trainee or a busy practitioner who doesn't have time to create any content, it is completely okay to utilize social media for your learning. And I feel like one can uh, do that very effectively by utilizing hashtags that we have mentioned um, in our paper. So various subspecialities have their own hashtag. Uh, Various pathologies have their own hashtag. A few to mention, um, we all know radial first, CV imaging, echo first, YCMR, YCCT, some of the hashtags that I deal with. Um, And, you know, by following these hashtags or making the list of the users that kind of you think are imparting that content on a regular basis in the space that you are interested in, and then following those lists on a daily basis, one can become an expert uh, at, uh, you know, fishing out kind of the content that you are interested in, because we all agree there is overwhelming amount of content that is on social media. Now, on the flip side of this, if you are an educator and you want to particularly brand yourself as an international edu- cardiovascular educator, you can post these educational offerings um, Uh, And you have to think about the easiest form where a learner can digest. And that's where we talk about posting it, um, you know, in a thread, tagging the experts in those uh, case discussion, utilizing tutorials, which is basically um, tutorial that is done on Twitter uh, in a thread form, utilizing polls, utilizing images and videos because we know multimedia has really good engagement on social media and go from there. Fantastic. And you also have a very nice figure in your paper, figure one, which again talks about the sort of landscape prior to social media when it comes to cardiovascular education and then the kind of things that, that are happening now and even, you know, what might happen in the future with, I guess, more bandwidth, the ability to share things even more easily. Um, just before we get to the, the sort of final positive things, can you talk about some of the risks of using social media? Have you heard of any sort of downsides or horror stories that you can perhaps share with the audience that they should be aware of? I mean, some societies have come up with kind of rules, haven't they, and, and um, suggestions as to how you interact with with people on social media. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I think that as physicians violating HIPAA or, you know, violating that uh, patient confidentiality while discussing cases or disrespecting patients or colleagues to win an argument or get some following, that's the on top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, you know, I think that we all have seen those horror stories on uh, social media. Um, you also have to keep in mind uh, that the organization you're working on 
um, whether it is a society or your hospital that you have a job for, um, you know, they're always watching you um, since, uh, you know, we all know that inappropriate sharing uh, at organizational level uh, for any information can truly harm that organization's reputation, particularly when coming uh, from a physician. We can all talk about what's right and wrong when it comes to sharing, um, you know, that kind of information. But ultimately, I personally feel like when we are in a job, we, our job is to, you know, be uh, out as a doctor and one always has to keep that uh, in mind. I definitely have heard um, after I've been on social media of people uh, in cardiology losing jobs because of this particular reason where, um, you know, organizational reputation um, is at stake. You have to be careful as you as you were saying, but please carry on. Yeah. Um, and I think one has to kind of uh, look at what is the organizational policy, what is allowed from your organization. For Loma Linda, I'm the social media director for faculty medical group here. And we have created uh, this very easy form because we realize that social media is the future uh, in the medical space. And we really ought to brand ourselves as a public physician. Um, so we have kind of facilitated that. Um, in uh, as if you can say it in the legal ways so that the physicians have the autonomy of uh, sharing the, what they want to share, but they are also protected when it comes to the, um, you know, legal um, organizational laws. The other one I was going to mention um, that you probably agree after this COVID pandemic is the misinformation. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think we have to remember that there's no peer review on social media. And, um, you know, if you are visible and you are, uh, you know, you get quite a bit of engagement, you may get called out for something inaccurate by colleagues. But in the public sphere, like in Instagram or in TikTok, um, you know, not many cardiologists are out there or not many physicians. Physicians are there, but they're kind of, you know, all over the place. So I'm not sure if uh, there's enough calling out of misinformation on these other platforms. I think there's a whole episode there, isn't there, on, on misinformation on social media. But let's um, let's move back to a more positive aspect in terms of do you have any sort of firsthand positive experiences that you can share about how social media has impacted your work, you know, connections you've made, things you've learned, collaborations? Uh, can you talk about that and inspire people maybe to join social media, uh, particularly Twitter, if they're not so sure at the moment? Yeah, of course. Um, I think, again, uh, one has to think before they join the social media, what exactly is their goal, as I mentioned uh, previously. But I think I have made, uh, you know, quite a bit of friends uh, for life, I think, uh, through social media. I've collaborated on various research interests of mine. Um, I have found mentors on Twitter. I've definitely got invited for various talk. I got invited on this podcast, uh, you know, because we have known each other on social media. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I also have, you know, I think gained some momentum with the societal position because I think once you are visible, uh, people can see the work you are uh, doing. And I think that, um, you know, being visible and being enthusiastic uh, and showing your interest out front definitely um, is useful. And personally, for me, it's been um, really transformative. So I consider myself lucky to, you know, kind of hop on to that opportunity when there was the right momentum and the cardio Twitter was just coming up. Um, so here we are now. 
And I think we should also go back and mention again the, the women in cardiology hashtag, so WIC, which really was, I think, born on Twitter, wasn't it? It's, um, yeah. you know, this group uh, of women across the world, uh, many, many different societies represented. Uh, and I know you're very active in that space. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how maybe how that has sort of formed and changed over the last few years? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so women in cardiology hashtag, as you mentioned, there is uh, WIC hashtag ACC WIC hashtag AHAWIC, which is ACC big and AHA big. Um, but I think that it was really this um, moment that was kind of uh, going on. Um, we had the Facebook group for a long time and we had realized that there were challenges that existed. Um, it's very important to kind of, um, for the men in the space uh, and cardiologists or even the administrator or even the you know uh, companies that are out there uh, to everyone to know what kind of disparities exist when it comes to women in cardiology whether it is the gender gap in the pay that uh, exists all around the world uh, or um, it's the authorship um, in a publication uh, authorship in the societal guidelines document we have now seen very publications on this and uh, kid you not but most of these author groups on these papers that are uh, imparting a new light on uh, these disparities really came together on uh, social media particularly Twitter because there is this uh, you know as you discuss more and more incidences um, uh, you know you kind of bond together with each other because there's that common thread you know, of what you feel mm. um, as a woman in cardiology in the space. So really fortunate uh, how this social activism is going um, through Twitter, um, you know, WIC uh, groups being one example. Um, but I think we have also seen others and we have also written about this. Uh, you guys can check out, uh, you know, my paper on this. Uh, we also wrote about how WIC hashtag uh, has expanded uh, since the uh, when it was started back in, I want to say 2016, 2017, and how, what is the conversations that are happening under this hashtag. It's really fascinating to kind of uh, get that information from couple of papers that we have written and see how you can utilize these hashtags. If you are the women in cardiology, whatever the stage of training you may be, if you are a medical student interested in the space um, as a woman, or if you are a practicing cardiologist, but check it out and connect with other women online, definitely. And I'll certainly put links to some of the papers that you and many others have published in this area. Uh, in the show notes, so people can uh, can feel free to uh, to click through and read those as well. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share just before we finish, Dr. Pawani? Yeah, um, you know, when you asked me about the risk of using social media, is I really think social media has a lot of positive value, particularly when it comes to educational offering. Um, but when you are the user of social media, um, it has a real potential for becoming an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I say this, uh, you know, uh, I say this really uh, as I use social media on a daily basis. So I personally have put time limits on my social media usage. 
I think that it's really hard to find that balance when you are getting a constant input. Now on Twitter, it may be from colleagues or on Facebook, you may get that from your friends, family, um, or, uh, you know, on other platforms, the brands, um, everyone trying to get our attention. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to remember that we are here as physicians and our first duty is towards our patients. So um, this, uh, I think it's really important that uh, to realize and do that introspection that social media can definitely, um, you know, affect our well-being. Um, so I unplug very often. Um, I, in fact, have decreased my social media use quite a bit compared to what I was, uh, you know, three, <laughs> four years ago. But I unplug a time by time when I'm on vacation. I definitely don't post or don't see anything. I come back from the vacation and then I would post if there is something that I'd like my followers to see or, uh, you know, it's too pretty to miss. Uh, but I think for everyone uh, on social media, it's really important to keep in mind that, um, you know, we are the consumers of social media and don't let ever social media consume you. I think that's a really nice message, very positive message to finish on. Dr. Pawani, I just want to thank you so much for your time and I'll make the paper free for a few weeks after the podcast drops, if it's not free already, so that everybody can read it. But uh, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Dr. Rudd, for this fantastic uh, podcast. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed speaking to you today. Thank you.